Everyone has a story, and I believe that sharing your story has the power to connect people. I'm a working mom, wife, and seeker, and nothing lights me up and brings me more joy than having meaningful conversations. And one of the things I love to talk about is psychedelics. In December 2021, I experienced my first psychedelic journey with psilocybin. It was one of the most profound events in my life, and it opened me up to a deeper spiritual growth and helped me to heal. And now, talking to those who've experienced the therapeutic magic of psychedelics and hearing about their personal journey has become my passion. Mindful Trip is a safe space to have conversations that demystify and destigmatize the use of plant medicines. Conversations that allow us to have deeper connections with ourselves and others. I hope that sharing these intimate, funny, and inspiring stories helps you find the answers you're looking for. A wise friend said to me, all you can do is follow the threads and see where it takes you. So I hope you'll join me in unraveling the threads, staying open, and trusting the journey. This is Mindful Trip. Mindful Trip content and the views, thoughts, and opinions of the host, guests, and contributors is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional legal advice or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Consult with the medical provider or mental health care professional about your health-related questions. Mindful Trip does not encourage illegal activity, including but not limited to the illegal sale, purchase, or use of controlled substances. Hi, and welcome back. Today, my friend Colin joins me to talk about the heroic dose of psilocybin that took him completely offline like a scene from The Matrix. Wait until you hear what happened to him during this incredible journey. Colin Parker is an actor and entrepreneur who's launched successful businesses in real estate and a private aviation company, Fly George. While building Fly George, Colin became interested in the psilocybin industry, which led to the creation of Link, a premium psilocybin brand that has expanded into social, wellness, and creative clubs. Your support means a lot, so please subscribe, download, and share with friends and family. I'd also love to hear what resonates for you with this episode, so send me your comments. Hi, Colin. Hi, it's good to see you again. So good to see you too. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to have you as as a guest. Well, you know, I love talking to you and our conversations are very deep and meaningful. And that's the only conversations I want to, to have in this world at this point in my life. <laughs> Me too. That's really the reason why I started this podcast is because I really wanted to just have these very intimate, candid conversations with people who have tried psychedelics for therapeutic use, because I feel like those personal stories are not as public and not as out yeah. there. You are one of the first podcasts and certainly even more so in just media coverage around experiences or trips or mystical journeys, you are one of the first. And I think that that's really, it's amazing because the world needs that because this medicine is so healing and so revolutionary, even though it's ancient, it's <laughs> over centuries old, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. But 
most people don't understand. They need to relate. What did someone go through? And I'm excited to be a part of this. Thank you so much. It makes me feel really good to hear you say that. <laughs> so let's start off. Take me back to where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood and give me a sense of your family dynamic and how you grew up. Well, I'm from North Carolina. And as most people know, the Southern states are very religious. And I grew up in a very Southern Baptist family. Now, my grandparents were very, very religious, but my actual parents were not so much. However, they participated in, in church life, and I, I became a part of that community at certain periods in my life, but only because there was really nothing else better to do. I, I went through the whole being reborn as a Christian. Again, it was just a very social thing. It's what teens my age did, because even though I grew up in Raleigh, that was a very social aspect to teenagers going to church. But I always knew that there was something so much more, even as a young kid. I don't know if I really ever got religion and no disrespect to anyone who is religious, because I think that it is very beneficial and very useful to, in certain ways. But I always knew that there was something deeper and more meaningful out there for me personally. And so whenever I graduated high school, I moved to Los Angeles. I always knew that I was going to be in LA. I had no idea as to what exactly what, what that meant, but I just knew I needed to be in Los Angeles. And so I moved whenever I was 17, knowing not one person, but I knew that there was a big life for me once I got there. I, I don't know. Can you relate to that? I'm sure that you felt something like that where you just knew there was something so much deeper, even as a young kid. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've always been very spiritual, whether or not I actually realized it. My parents are Buddhists and they practiced oh, nice. it. We went to temple growing up. So there were definitely tenets in Buddhism that I believed in and I still believe in, like reincarnation. It was something that was kind of in, ingrained in me and my mm -hmm. sisters growing up. And I always felt like there was something bigger out there. There's something bigger that I wasn't aware of, whether it's source or God or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But before we move forward, I want to go back a little bit to your childhood growing up in the South. What was the dynamic like in your family? I grew up with really just my mom. So my parents divorced whenever I was around six months old and he was remarried within two years and he started his, another family. I never really had that bond with my dad. My mother and I were very, very close. And to this day, we talk four or five times a day. And so I've always had that bond, but I have not had the father-son bond which I think is really important to my spiritual journey in itself. Um, and so I always really longed for that connection with a, a paternal figure of sort. I never really had that because my grandfather died whenever I was six months old as well. And then my dad's dad was just not 
he was just not really the best role model. And so I really spent a lot of my younger years with male figures that were more mentors, but they were very business. And so I spent a lot of time around that. That was really kind of only my only guidance system because I don't think my dad just had the proper tools to be a good father. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think that that was one of the reasons why you wanted to leave the South and move out to L.A.? Well, I had this conversation with my uncle the other day, who's my dad's twin brother, and who actually has been a really important figure in my life because he's just been someone that actually is super supportive and wants to know about my life. And I said to him, I actually said these exact words. I said, you know, I'm not sure if if I had I had this really amazing relationship with my father, would I have moved to Los Angeles at such a young age? But yeah. would I have been further along in, in my endeavors in life had I had that relationship? And that's kind of the, the beauty of, of life in, in itself is that all of our journeys are so unique and there's yeah. so many layers to all of our existence that we can't really ever say what could have been or should have been because it doesn't even matter. Because of my relationship with my father, I am who I am today and I really love who I am today. I've done hundreds and hundreds of journeys. And so I really had to come, I've had to face a lot of that in those journeys. And it's been very, very helpful for me to, to let go, to surrender to, to how things have been. And when two people just are not bonded, I don't know that you really have to think so much about like, should you be in their in each other's lives? I don't think that you do. I don't think that you necessarily do because I have so many other great people in my life that want to be in my life, you know? Right. Well, it's interesting um, because I don't think we realize until we're much older mm-hmm. that our childhood and whatever the dynamics were, whatever the situation was, how that even subconsciously affects some of the decisions that you make the types of relationships that you end up getting involved in, whether it's romantic or friendships or even in work relationships. And this is just from my personal experience that you come to some point in your life. People have referred to as like, you know, it brings you to your knees or kind of a come to Jesus moment where you really are in a sense forced to take a real look at your life, your behaviors, your choices, Things that have happened in the past that potentially have affected your decisions, right? Leading up to this point in your life. And also the pattern recognition. I think that's really important. I have had to stare my pattern straight in the face. It takes you back to the childhood and the attachments that I had as a child. And and really just understanding those, um, really just becoming aware of it so you don't do it again so you're not repeating patterns what were some of the patterns of behavior that you had that you started to recognize and you wanted to figure out a way to deal with them and to potentially heal from you know whatever you were dealing with from the past 
it's interesting when you connect those dots, it makes so much sense, but it's only when you become aware of it and that you actually are able to connect the dots. Oh, for sure. That's when, right. And doing several of my, my journeys, my heroic doses, my father has come up at least 20 times. Wow. And I've gone from this, you know, this journey of like really having no love for him to having a lot of love for him because I understood that my father was the best father that he knew how to be. My dad just doesn't know how to show love. And I think that that has been really kind of the hardest thing for me is that I've always wanted him to just appreciate me as his child. And that's done through love. It's not done through, you know, money. (laughs) It's just not. Right. And maybe one day we'll have a relationship. I still send him love all the time. And I really, really know that like, I want kids and it really has come on strong in the last probably like year Mm. (laughs) and I want sons because I know I'm going to change that generation. I'm going to be an an excellent father and that's breaking the cycle, you know, recognizing patterns. Absolutely. Absolutely breaking in the cycle. It's so interesting even just hearing you talk about your relationship with your father and how it has evolved over the years and the fact that you have been able to really let go and forgive him is pretty incredible if you really think about it because I think a lot of people will hold on to childhood emotional wounds and they're not able to really fully heal or let go of it. So- I know you have done several plant medicine journeys. Mm -hmm. Can you share maybe one in particular that you found was, and I know they were all pretty significant and pretty profound, but is there one that you can share? Because the first thing that people ask me when they find out that I've done a psilocybin journey is they always Mm -hmm. ask me, what was the experience like? I think you will agree to this and any other of the viewers or listeners that every mystical experience is so different. And sometimes you cannot put it into words it is unexplainable in the human vocabulary, but to try and explain it in the human voca- vocabulary, <laughs> I don't even know the number, but it's probably in the 300 to 400 range, maybe even higher. Wow. And wow. I've, done very high doses, anywhere from five grams of psilocybin penis envy up to 10 grams of psilocybin penis envy, which, you know, penis envy is very important because penis envy is a specific genetic and it is a very, very, very strong genetic. Most mycologists say that penis envy is double the amount that any other psilocybin genetic might be. And so you really have these incredible ego. Wait, wait, Colin, go back and maybe explain for someone who may not be familiar with psilocybin. So psilocybin in layman's terms is magic mushrooms. Psilocybin is the active compound in magic mushrooms. So, or fungi and psilocybin 
is that's what gets you high. That is the mystical magic, if you will. Psilocybin has been my calling. You know, everyone has different psychedelics that they really resonate with. I say the medicine definitely finds you. And doing a high dose of penis envy magic mushrooms, some equate to doing an ayahuasca ceremony because it is so powerfully strong. And, you know, anything that I'm saying here today, guys, I am very much a different breed. I've been experimenting on my own for a very long time. I really don't recommend it. I used to say, hey, let someone go explore for themselves. But I don't actually say that anymore at all because the medicine is so powerful. The medicine is so strong and it changes you. And whenever something changes you, you don't really understand what that means until it changes you. (laughs) You have to have someone that you trust, a facilitator. And I, I used to even say, have a good friend by your side, but I don't even recommend that anymore. I really think that you have to have a trusted facilitator, journey advisor with you at all times, because you go through this magical wonderland that is your subconscious. And absolutely, our subconscious is layered. I'm glad you're bringing in your recommendation about making sure that you find a proper facilitator or a guide who is experienced and knows how to actually guide somebody through whether it's a psilocybin journey or whether it's an ayahuasca journey or any of the other plant medicine journeys, because there will be times that when you do a journey that it will actually be very challenging. And you want to make sure that the person who's there with you guiding you knows exactly what to do to help you through it. And sometimes, yes, it's probably more comforting to have a friend or someone there with you that you've known for a long time, but that person may not be skilled enough to know what to do during those moments where you have a really difficult journey or experience. I just want to go back really quickly so that for whoever's listening or watching, so penis envy is a variety of psilocybin of a magic mushroom. Yes. There's over 200 different species. And I'm sure that there are more, but that's just what's really on record at this moment in time. But penis envy really is the the king of psilocybin magic mushrooms. And there are also different variations of that. There are albino penis envy, for instance. There's variations from that. But penis envy is the actual main genetic itself. I really just Googled what is the best magic mushroom <laughs> to, to partake in? Because I had been doing, you know, what I later came to find out, golden teachers, which are fine. They're great. But I'm someone that really likes to go in and go, go hard and go deep. And golden teachers are wonderful for like a fun party or something like that, that you just want to like be giddy and let loose in. But it's, called penis envy for a reason. The words (laughs) relate to what it does. So it's penis envy translates to basically like your ego. Mm -hmm. And I have had several ego deaths from penis envy. And I'm going to try to explain what it 
an ego death is, but I think people should definitely Google that. I'm not saying this to scare anyone because it's actually a very beautiful thing. And this is why you need a facilitator <laughs> because until you experience your first ego death, you were in such an altered state that you basically die in that altered state. And to experience that and to mourn the loss of yourself is a very traumatic thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a very beautiful thing, but it's a very traumatic thing. Right. Because you go into a trip and you are this successful entrepreneur, this powerful CEO, this founder, this actor, actress. But whenever you come out of it, you that person no longer exists. That person no longer exists. And so you have to have that proper guidance to be able to push you through some very uncomfortable things, which by the way, they're not always like this, but you know, whenever you start getting into the higher doses, the heroic doses, this is expected. This is why people do it. And it is life-changing. And then coming out of the heroic doses or the ego death doses, you have to rebuild. You have to reintegrate back into life, back into society in from this nothingness. Right. I'm not meaning this in a negative sense, and I'm not meaning this also to scare people because, again, it's beautiful. It is beautiful to go from nothing and then recreate, even if you're already somebody in the world, but to recreate this, this new life and just have the courage and strength to come through that. I mean, there's no way that you can go through any sort of plant medicine journey and not come out on the other side in some way, changed. changed. I really wholeheartedly believe that. Unless you're doing it on a recreational basis, which is a completely yes. different experience. Totally. But if you're going in for a therapeutic purpose and mm -hmm. you are going in with the intention that you actually want to heal or that you want to have some uncomfortable moments to really tackle some issues that you have been dealing with or maybe that you have not dealt with and have repressed there's no way that you can come out on the other end, not a different person, right? Well, and I think that that's the very powerful message in, in the ego death is that you come out with so much gratitude for life, for thanking the universe for waking up every morning, thanking the universe for every great small thing. And I still have my hard days, but I'm still grateful. So Colin, out of the hundreds of journeys that you've done, can you share maybe one that was particularly memorable or significant for you and share what happened? This is kind of around the start of whenever I really started doing a lot of five gram journeys, which I would call mm. 5G journeys, mm -hmm. uh, is that I took a 5G journey and I drove to Dodger Stadium because where I live in Los Angeles it's the closest like park, even though Dodger Stadium sounds like it's just a stadium. There's a park around it. And I took my five gram journey and I took it with orange juice. That's my favorite way to do it. It's called lemon teching. And it's when 
the psilocybin is broken down by the citric acid in lemonade, orange juice, anything with that sort of thing. It breaks down in the cup before it has to break down in your stomach. So by the time it gets to your stomach, it is ready to go. So you get high really fast. Right. And so I drove to Tajra Stadium. I had my powder, five gram powder, psilocybin, penis envy, and orange juice, mixed it, knocked it back. And within like 15 minutes, I was so high. Like I was like, I was on a trip I had at the, up until that point had never been on before. God. (laughs) And, and I just was so excited to go and explore nature and do all that. I never got out of the car because I was too fucked up. (laughs) Sorry for using that language, but that's (laughs) truly how I was. And And you were by yourself. You were by yourself. And I was by myself. And this is what I'm saying. Don't do this, people. Do not, (laughs) you know, learn from my mistakes. Colin's story is a cautionary tale for everybody. It's a a 100% a cautionary tale. It was a pretty, pretty amazing trip. But what were you seeing during the trip? What were you seeing um, during your, your journey? I don't know if you ever saw that movie Limitless, but it's the Bradley Cooper movie. And I'm sure there are many others that see this as well, but I really, really see like life and I can see like life playing out and I'm, and I, it's like I get answers to everything. Like anything that I'm working on, it's like I see the pattern recognitions and I know how to connect the dots faster. To me, that's why it's so beneficial. I always have a lot of projects going on. So I can connect the dots with all the projects faster and like yeah. say, oh, I need to talk to that person for this or that. That's why it's very, very useful I and mean, why so many entrepreneurs use it. But So that all played out and I was seeing my life and all the great things, but also like you're seeing a mystical journey and there's a lot of geometric shapes and like Mm. beautiful things and colors and all that. All of a sudden I'm in this big trip and I'm doing all this geometric shapes and everything. And then all of a sudden I just go offline and Wait, I did it swear. feel like did it feel like that scene in the Matrix scenes where they just yes. pull the plug from back yes. of their heads and yes. then they just kind of collapse into this? Yes, yes. <laughs> so I literally just go offline, and then all of a sudden it like reboots, and then just like, <laughs> and my vision came back, and oh it was God. like it was like loading, and so that was the first time I had ever experienced an ego death where you went to nothing. You ceased to exist. I walked away from that and I was like, wow, I've really been putting myself in compromising positions Mm. too much in my life. And I will never do that again. So you learn like just basic lessons sometimes, but also just like we are nothing, but we are everything. (laughs) And, you know, after I came back online, so to speak, I was just recharged. I was so recharged for life and I was so excited about life. And I, I, it's like, you got that another chance, right? So after this experience and you came out of it, first of all, how long did it last? 
And then when you came out of the experience, did you feel like you were just fully connected to everything, everyone? Did you feel like you were getting downloads and that? Yeah, you start being flooded with downloads and, you know, downloads from projects that you have going on, family life, people you need to talk to, people, family you need to call. You just walk away from... I would say 99% of your your journeys, understanding how you play a play a part in, in everything. Even your first journey, you you will have similar experiences that you are the grand master of your life. And I think that that really is a big part of what psychedelics just do in general. They really teach you how much control you have of your surroundings, what you want to get out of life. Because if there's one overarching theme to all of my mystical journeys, all of my heroic doses, is that one, we have the power to create anything that we can visualize in our world. We have the power to create that for ourselves because that's the world we live in. That's the connected world that we are, we're at and we're in the material world. Material things are not important to real happiness, but if you want to be an actor, if you want to be a singer, if you want to be a teacher, it doesn't matter. You can create that. And that is the overarching theme of psychedelics. When you experience the ego death, in this, in this particular journey, Mm -hmm. going into it, did you, were you afraid of death? And then when you came out of it, did you feel like you were not afraid of death? Okay. So that is a great question that I have been asked so many times. And I have to say that I, I have moments of being cool with it. And then I have moments of not being cool with it. I love the world that we live in. Even though we're dealing with many things in the world right now that can be corrected. But I also know that the other side is probably way better. I have moments where I really, really accept it and surrender to it. And then I have moments of, you know, the fear of the unknown is really challenging for most people in life. But here's what I will say is that I've experienced so much death in my journeys that I do know that there is a very beautiful place on the other side, whatever that might be. I really believe that, at least in my experience with, you know, my psilocybin journey, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way, is that this third dimension that we're in right now, that's very heavy Mm -hmm. and dense, But when you're in a psilocybin journey or any other plant medicine journey is that you really do get elevated to fifth dimension or sometimes even higher. And in spirituality, right, there's what they refer to as the veil. So that veil is completely lifted. And you really do feel not only when you're in that experience, right, you feel like you're completely connected to everything and everyone, But then when you come out of it, there's kind of like that afterglow effect for a few weeks or a few months where you do feel like all your senses are very heightened. 
totally. You can feel everything. everything. It feels different. Just the way you're connecting to even yourself and your body is on a different level. So for you coming out of this particular journey, out of the hundreds mm -hmm. that you've done, did you feel like you were able to release some of that trauma and the sadness that you had with your father? Were there some of those experiences and relationships that you worked through in that particular journey? He's come up so many times in my journey. So I've really kind of dealt with it so like on several occasions. So it, it wasn't just one particular journey that corrected everything, but one can. It's that ego that is holding us back from everything. You know, it's the ego that like, I'm not going to reach out to him. That's the thing that you need to die. <laughs> so you right. are not getting in the way of this, this other thing in life, which is love. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it sounds so, I know people will say it sounds so woohoo and esoteric to boil it down to love or unconditional love. Yeah. But it really is true. I mean, it really is. It's trying to find that love within yourself. And when you do, you really genuinely want to be able to share that with other people. I think once you can find that self-love and really, really heal yourself and really figure out a way to grow, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, I think it opens you up to just a, a completely different way of living Absolutely, and the types of and relationships that you can have. Well, you, cause you have to learn how to be vulnerable. People don't know how to be vulnerable. Like ego mm -hmm. death will teach you how to be vulnerable. <laughs> I've been studying acting and one of the teachers, she speaks on what's, what's the difference between an actor and just like normal life. And that an actor, their job is to express all the emotion, to express all the feelings, to express everything that the character is feeling. And in real life, we're taught to not express any feeling. Don't let that person show you that they're getting to you. Don't cry in front of your boss. Like that's real life. That is real life. Yeah. Acting is really a philosophical experience because it is teaching you how to be a human. Honestly, it is. And I think that people or the, the society where we are today is we should not be in a society. We should all be actors. We should all be feeling, expressing our emotions. We should all be feeling exactly yeah. how we want to feel. We should not be in reality holding back yeah. the emotion it was a real like even paradigm shift for me under really understanding that because that's not the world we should be living in that's what i want to change in in my life this is what i am here to do is to create that change even if it's on a you know a small scale i also think that people have <clears throat> what you brought up with acting is that just in general, people have a very difficult time letting go. People yeah. want to be in control of their lives, of 
different situations and want specific outcomes. I know I am definitely one of those people. It's very hard being a type A personality to let go and to just kind of go with the flow or to just trust in something happening and that it's going to be for in your best interest. And I think the one thing that I've definitely learned actually going through a few psilocybin journeys is that nothing is in your control, which is the hardest thing to accept. It is the, well, well for me, it, and I'm sure yeah. for you, the most difficult thing to accept is that you really have no control. The control is an illusion, <laughs> right? Like so many other total. things. Well, so I, I just want to make a note. So I said we have so much power to manifest whatever we want in life, and, and which we right. do. But for yes. the viewers and audience or listeners, we don't have to have control out as to how it's going to happen. That's the thing we can right. control over. <laughs> I know. We can manifest, we can visualize anything that we can visualize in our minds, we can create, but we right. don't have the power as to when and how and where the hell it's going to happen. <laughs> right. That is all on divine timing. If you believe yes. in divine timing, right? Divine yes. Yes. order. And that's obviously if you believe in it, which I do believe in. But again, it's always that fine line between wanting to completely trust and having that faith in the divine timing and divine order, but then also wanting something done in a very specific way and in a very specific time period. So it's just, it's, it's always just. It's just not, that's just so not realistic. That is what psilocybin will teach you that you have all the control and no control at all. <laughs> and you know what? It's good in a way because the fact that we can have this conversation and we can laugh about it because it is the truth at the end of the day, as much as we think that we have control over our lives, totally. it is, it's one of those things that you really, when it comes down to, you know, that you really don't. And that, I think that's why we do these plant medicine journeys because it is, in a way, it is a continual reminder. That's why I think it's so important for people to get on a, a consistent monthly or quarterly basis with a heroic dose. A heroic dose is anything over five grams. You can still elicit a mystical journey, two, two and a half grams or more. So two and a half grams to Five grams is still going to, to take you on a really nice journey. Five grams or more right. is a heroic dose. I really, really recommend you know, for society's sake and for everyone else's sake is that we are in the age of acceleration now. With AI, we have 100% flipped the switch. And so with AI, we can now as humans do really, truly anything we want because yeah. we have so much access to everything at record speed. With that, it's going to be a creator's world. So yeah. people tapping into their creativity, which is what psilocybin and many other psychedelics allow you to access because we all have the power to be creative. We are all creative individuals. I am not special it's just truly accessing your full brain's potential, which is what the medicine does. And so 
with that being said, as I develop my, my social houses, I'm going to be rolling out so many different facilitators and more access to that at an actual location. Yeah, talk a little bit about your your business venture and how that ties into plant medicines. So at this time, I'm still in development on several, so many of the things, but we're building a social house, which will be a psilocybin social house in Portland, Oregon will be our first location. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's going to it's going to be a private members club. However, we're going to still offer individual journeys for people who want to come gain access to the social house. So the social houses are going to be, we're going to try to get them in every city or every state, every state that opens up their psilocybin laws and they amend them. Right now, Portland is the only state in the United States that you can legally distribute and grow psilocybin. And we are setting up our social house there. It's going to be, gosh, I don't even know how long of a a time, but, you know, I'll be able to report back to you. Maybe you can have me back on your podcast and I can update you as to when that's going to be open. But we're working on that now and it's going to be a really fun place to come in journey. I mean, it looks incredible. <laughs> it really does. And I would love to have you back on the podcast when it launches, because I'm sure yes, there will absolutely. be a lot of people who will be curious about it and will just want to know more. Well, I I would even love for you to come, you know, visit once we get to that point. <laughs> I would love that. So Colin, as we kind of wrap up this conversation... Are there any final ways that you think are important from your experience, your multiple experiences with psilocybin that you think will be helpful to anybody else who's listening, who is thinking about doing a journey, who is maybe just doing some initial research and dipping their toe in the plant medicine space that they should be aware Um, of? Overall, psilocybin plant medicine is... Look, I know we all have different traumas in different extremities that we each go through. Plant medicine will heal that trauma. Now, I can't 100% say you're going to walk out and be this shining beacon of light to, to the world. I can't promise you that because... Personality still has a part in every one of us, and that that is unique to us all. But what I can say is that you will rid yourself of at least 50 to 80% of whatever that trauma is. And studies have shown that it's much higher than that. From that, you know, baseline of just being a free person from your past experiences and trauma you can create anything in this world that you desire for yourself. It doesn't matter what, how small or how big it is, you can create that. I wish everyone that same success and that same journey and the power to create for themselves is a very beautiful thing. And once you tap into your own genius, it's all uphill from there. 
And so with that, I say journey on. Perfect. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much no, again no, for, really, really for doing it. this. Yeah. And we, we will have to have a part two <clears throat> when you Absolutely. launch the social house and maybe I'll try and make a, a trip out to Oregon. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, would be well, so I, I look forward to chatting <laughs> with you very soon. Me too. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Your support means a lot to me. So if you want to hear more, please subscribe, download, and share with friends and family. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So let me know what resonates for you. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care.